maybe Jerry, you want to open in prayer today and we'll press in and uh, just have a great time in the presence of Yahovah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, we thank you that we can come together um, in this meeting place across the whole world. And Father, share uh, our knowledge of you, our experiences of you, and encourage one another and pray for one another's needs, Lord. We thank you for this provision and uh, the ability to do this. We thank you for Kenny and setting up the technology and for Esther doing the work from the other end, Father. We thank you for those who contribute. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We've got the technical thing set up here mm -hmm. as well. Um, Good to see you, Ian. Can you hear okay? Yep. Excellent. Do you mind if I ask you a question, Kenny? Yep. Um, two weeks ago in the, your talk then, uh, you made the statement about not doing the Torah portions. And I understand, I think, what you mean, but it was a, we didn't actually go into any explanation. And right. I thought it might be slightly ambiguous. And <laughs> it's absolutely right because the portions, if you follow them that, uh, precisely, you kind of run out of time sometimes to do them and they go in a rush. And the whole point of meeting together is to be with Jehovah and the Holy Spirit. And if you don't fix yourself to a timetable, you're free to talk and discuss at whatever pace your group wants to go at and give time for the Holy Spirit to lead you to other places. Right. Although you have to be careful not to go down rabbit holes. <laughs> right. And it's That's also, I believe, not good to, unless you know the scriptures already fairly well, to take um, a look at many of the commentaries online because the, the Jewish ones and the Messianic ones as well, they're so involved with their Talmud that they can't tell the Talmud from the scripture anymore. And so they do bring, bring you in, can bring you into error in understanding. Right. And the church, of course, doesn't even go there. But uh, I've have, I have found one, um, which I'm happy to keep to myself what I do, um, but it was a church minister who realised it wasn't working and spent time and then decided to come over to where we are. And he gives a good explanation of where the church goes wrong with understanding things. But uh, right, only found one ever. <laughs> right. So no, we take, and look, that... take our time. We take our time. Yeah. No, and that, that's good, and I don't have a problem with that. I think really what the problem is, is I travel around the nations. Um, I see the lack of the spirit and some of the, the hurdles uh, and the problems that are stopping people experiencing uh, the love of Yeshua and identifying Yeshua within the Torah. Um, so we can be mature in the Word and read portions of the Torah uh, and that's all good. One thing I say is, number one, we're not following Judaism. So if I'm not going to follow the Catholic reading, why do I need to follow Judaism's reading schedule? So yeah. we need to know the Torah, yeah? We must. Yeah. We, we want we, to know Yeshua in the Torah, and we want to experience the richness of the Torah, especially as people are coming into the roots of the faith. We want to be established within the Torah. So it's not coming against that in any way, but what happens is a lot of people come into uh, walking in the, the front of the book and the, the understanding of the Torah from a Hebraic perspective. And as young believers, they see mature believers walking in it, but they go home and they start Google searching, they start bringing up yeah. a lot of Talmudic influence. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I talked to Michael Root about this, uh, even Arthur Bailey and others over the years, and every group that focuses on the Torah schedule according to Judaism at some stage has problems with people bringing in so much Talmudic uh, interpretation into the group. And if that's not managed properly, uh, you can end up going through your studying your time together and have a huge uh, proportion of that time actually bringing in the influence from Judaism or Talmudic um, mid, you know, midrash uh, times. Mm. And then what do you end up with? You end up with dilution and people walking away from Yeshua and then the anti-missionaries -missionary, start attacking them. And before you know it, you're all over the place. Uh, 
you know, and where is the unity? How do we get unity? So when we go to the teachings of Yeshua, and this is this is this is my point through and through. You don't see Yeshua ever teaching the disciples, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, we're going to the synagogue this weekend. Let's make sure we're up on the Torah portion. <clears throat> Everything he taught us was about being established in the spirit and in the word. Yeah. So yeah. Yeshua, he is walking in the fullness of Torah. He is teaching the spirit of Torah like we've never seen it, you know? So what we experience as we study Yeshua is the, the amplification of what the Torah is all about. But if you just stay in the New Testament, you miss everything. You've got to see what we're looking at in the Messianic writings, Matthew to Revelation. We've got to ask ourselves a question. How does this relate back uh, to the teachings of the Torah as a foundation? And as we do that, uh, we see the life of Yeshua in so many places. You know, I love preaching the gospel just from the Torah. You know, I can get the Torah and just preach the gospel from it, which uh, I did the other day. Uh, we just opened that up on Friday night uh, here in Texas um, when we were just uh, going through the scriptures. And what do we see when we do that? We see an amplification of the glory of God. You know, one, <laughs> the very fact that Israel was put into a place of slavery was not just, uh, you know, well, I'm just going to put them in slavery. I'm going to bring them out from there. It was to allow the fullness of evil to be placed on the earth. The sin of the Amorites had to reach its fullness. There was yeah. no more evil that Satan had to pour out that wasn't poured out. And then from that place, by grace through faith, <laughs> we see... The, the children of Israel from slavery by grace through faith, let my people go, yeah? This is the gospel. It's the gospel of Yeshua. He is our Passover lamb. And, you know, you know what, what happens when we get back to the roots? It's like the enemy's like, I'm taking the straw out of your bricks. I'm going to make it harder for you to receive the fullness of the message. Don't believe what the prophetic word is about freedom in Messiah. Moses, let my people go. You know, they're like, Moses, we hate you. We hate your word. This is not what we want. We're, you know, we'd rather go back to Egypt and be under slavery. Things would be so much easier. But what's the purpose of all of this? How do we get from the place of the sinful nature into walking into righteousness in Yeshua? And we've got to die to self and rise in Messiah. So I appreciate you sharing that. Jerry, because that's important. And it's also important mm -hmm. about what we're going to uh, talk on uh, or, or share on or open up in Scripture here tonight. Um, pray for um, Al and Connie. They're heading down uh, to Alexandra's place, actually. Uh, it's not uh, Penbrook. It's, uh, uh, I just forgot the name of the town. Uh, Alexandra might put it on the uh, the notes on Facebook. She's listening on Facebook at her home. It'll come to me as well. It's not Pembroke. Oh, man, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway, they're heading down there to uh, to be involved with the group down there today. So we just pray for them as they travel um, and that the Holy Spirit will bless their time with fellowship and worship as well. Um, so I want us to uh, press in on Romans chapter 12. And it's a portion of Scripture. You know, we've just done John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And I hope you've been blessed and encouraged as we've gone through that part of Scripture, because we really do need the Holy Spirit, and we need the influence of the Spirit in everything that we're doing. Peckinham, okay, Alexandra wrote on there, Peckinham. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. How can I forget Peckinham? Peckinham, Ontario, that's where they're heading right now, so hallelujah. But uh, what we're opening up uh, today, uh, after we've done John 14, 15, and 16, uh, a portion of scripture that radically transformed my life and how we walk in Torah, uh, how we walk in the spirit, with the spirit of truth. The other part is Romans chapter 12. And I want us to read through this and just go through the verses of this. And just we just ask the Holy Spirit just to guide us as we go through this, because many people, there's two areas where people have a problem. They have a problem with uh, what is the will of God for my life? And do I know the voice of the Spirit? And these are two areas that I want to 
encourage us in today, that we should be living in our faith walk, not confused over the will of God. And when I say understanding and knowing the will of God, I want to make it clear. That doesn't mean you know everything, right? But it means that we know enough that we have released ourselves to be obedient and submissive to the Spirit's leading. So that means you can have a word uh, right now, but not know the end from the beginning. But because the Spirit spoke it, you have the authority to walk in it. So you're not confused concerning the will of God. So it says in verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of Elohim's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim. So it's a living sacrifice. It's it's the choice that we are making. We're making that choice. I present my body as a living sacrifice. I come before you, Father, not to do my will, but to do the will of Messiah and the will of the Spirit dwelling within me. That's holy and pleasing to Elohim. So even as a worshiper, if you're a musician and you play an instrument, you know, sometimes we feel like the highest form of worship we get to sitting next to my Jimby here, <laughs> love to play the drums, right? Sometimes you feel that the highest form of worship is when you're on your instrument. But, you know, we've got to learn that there's a higher place of worship that doesn't even involve music. It's in the presentation of ourselves in the presence of Yahovah. So even though we enjoy worship, even though we can go there, you might be a singer, you might play an instrument, and, you know, we experience so much in that place. You know, it's in the presenting of ourselves that's the highest form of worship. That's what is holy and pleasing to Elohim at the highest level. This is your true and proper worship. That's what it says in verse 1 here. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Now, you know, it's it's interesting when we look at that, when we're talking about, uh, in view of his mercy, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's our proper worship. Then the very next uh, the very next sentence is, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. So don't try and bring worship into an earthly realm. We need to be worshipers in spirit and in truth. And sometimes we want to ground these things into the natural, and it's it's by our works. You know, I was in a meeting the other day, and we were talking after and just praying and just discussing things that are being said. One of the things that I recognized in prayer within this group was praying, Father, you know the service, you know the things that they do, and we ask you, Father, to move and, and, and bless them and, and whatever the need was, whatever they're going through. Father, you know the service. You know what they're going through. And listen, that's not how we should be praying. It's not your service and the acts and the things that you do in ministry and the flesh that confirms that God's going to meet you in your need. It's, it's not works orientated. It's not religion. But so often we've settled for a lower level of how we're living our lives. And I want to encourage you, you know, you don't do things in the flesh and in the natural so that God will answer your prayers, okay? We want to press in. We press in. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. I'm not going to conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed. So I'm not just going to move a little bit. I'm going to move in a transforming way, right? And that can be difficult for some of us to uh, comprehend. But today, I ask that the Spirit of Yehovah will open our eyes and help us to recognize that on a different dimension. Be transformed with the renewing of our mind. Why? What's going on in the mind? Well, the devil's telling you so much. You know, ah, listen, you're an okay believer if you compare yourself to someone else. Oh, yeah, you know, the Father's doing a great work in you if you compare yourself to uh, what this person's doing, what that person's doing, or what about what that person said? Oh, brother, oh, sister, it's so nice to, to meet you, to be with you. 
I just love the spirit. I love what God's doing in your life. And, and you look at the comparison, the things that are going on in that area. That's not how we are meant to be transformed. The transformation we're looking for in the renewing of our mind is we want to take those thoughts captive. We want to experience the gifts of the spirit. You know, that you do not have because you do not ask. Ask and it will be given and your joy will be complete. And it talks it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, about asking, pursuing the gifts. So part of this transformation and renewing the mind is that we operate and function on a higher spiritual level. And, and what I love about that is it affects our prayer life. It affects our actions because now we see things differently. We're not seeing through the eyes of the flesh, but we're seeing things through the eyes of the spirit. We're able to tap into the spiritual realm. Every blessing, Ephesians chapter one, that's been given to us is given to us in the spiritual realm. Why? So no thief can steal it. The enemy can't steal the blessings that he has for you. It's in the spiritual realm. So we tap in to what the Father has in the spiritual realm. In the name of Yeshua, we renew our minds. I want to know who I am in Messiah, not who I am in the flesh. Amen? I want to be able to experience the richness, the transformation of what it truly means to have Messiah reigning in me. So it's no longer I that live but it's Messiah living in me. So the limitations of what I think can be accomplished have to go. You know, don't settle for doing things for Yahovah because you have an ability. When his ability is manifested within our lives, the very thing he asked you and I to do are bigger than our personal ability. Why? Because it involves others. And this is what I love about uh, Romans chapter 12, it doesn't just stop about, uh, about dealing with me and me worshiping in spirit and truth. It's not talking about how I present myself to God. It's not just talking about how I'm renewing my mind. It's saying this, you'll be able to test and approve what Elohim's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have spiritual understanding. We have a spiritual mindset. And my prayer is, Father, raise up leaders, raise up the body of Messiah to maturity so that we understand what the will of Elohim is. You don't have to go to people or a whole group of people or on the phone, hey, God spoke this to me. He's telling me this. What do you think? Is this God? And before you know it, you, you, you have the opinions of man entering into the word of the Lord. So we've got to understand that, you know, as we uh, renew our minds, as we press in, we can test from a spiritual perspective and, and, and we can approve what Elohim's will is. Well, how, how are we doing that? How are we testing? How are we approving? You've got to lay your word that you're receiving up against the scriptures. Um, I'm going to put out an article this week dealing with the problems with the doctrine of flat earth, because I will not work with anyone that uh, believes the flat earth doctrine. And the reason I won't work with people on the flat earth doctrine, it's, it's deception. It's a deceptive spirit. It's wrong. And it's almost like a religion. And we have all these conspiracy theories. I don't care about conspiracy theories. I don't care about all of that. I don't care about what the government's doing. I don't care about what this government said, what that government says, because I can be aligned by the Spirit according to the word of Yehovah and experience uh, my instructions in the presence of Yehovah. So all of those things don't matter. Of course the world's corrupt. We know that. It's in the Bible. <laughs> oh, I've got this revelation. This government's corrupt. Well, I've got news for you. The entire world is corrupt. If you're not in Messiah, you're operating and functioning in an antichrist way. So, you know, I don't need to go to a meeting experiencing the corruption of the world and, oh boy, how's that going to affect 
prophetic fulfillment today. I just need to be in tune with the revelation of the Spirit. And I need to be centered on what he has called me to do. So I want the mind of Messiah. So as we're renewing our mind, I'm not renewing my mind in the flesh. I am I'm bringing my mind to a higher dimension. Therefore, the things I hear, I don't have to accept the, the thoughts I have. I recognize the devil wants to plant seeds of doubt. Right. You know, what's the opposite of faith? It's disbelief. It's doubts. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But I don't just want to hear the word as I, I go through the scripture. I want to hear the living word as well. I want to hear the spirit speak to me. And I want us to experience the richness and fullness of the spirit. When I had myocarditis and I was in the hospital, I shared this the other week as well. I talked about the revelation a few weeks ago of the scripture. It was Psalm 29, and, and, and the Bible's playing, and I'm in that place of sickness. I'm in intensive care in that place of supposed death, according to the medical world, but my ear is attentive to the word. My ear is attentive to the word. So what am I waiting for? There's I'm waiting for the living word to come forth. I'm waiting for that word uh, to, to spring forth, uh, for the word to be established. And then after a couple of days, Psalm 29, it was the fire of the Spirit hit me by the word, and I heard the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, speak to me and say, this is the word of deliverance. This is the word of healing over your sickness right now in this hospital bed. And I was supernaturally healed and transformed. I was transformed by renewing my mind. I refused to accept what was going on in the natural. And this is what we this is what Jerry uh, shared about as well. This is what Jerry experienced, what he was talking about uh, when he was in hospital with COVID and the experiences he had. He had the revelation of the spirit, the word of the spirit that brought forth life, that sustained him in the midst of the attacks of the enemy. Uh, what does the devil want to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take you out. But you know what? By the spirit of Yahovah, by the authority of Messiah that dwells in, in me, I have victory in Messiah. There is no sickness. There is no uh, uh, effect or, of, or, or, or word curse that's been put over me that has authority over me. And uh, when I was with Shannon and uh, the Wolf family over in Montana, you know, her testimony of coming through sickness, coming out the other end. You know, we've got to get to that place where enough is enough. I'm not going to live in the patterns of this world, right? If there's something wrong, Holy Spirit, how do I bring correction to this? How do I bring the spiritual element into my life? Because that's the overcoming power. And this is the authority we have as we witness, as we testify. And I see Ian nodding his head because, you know, Ian and Sharon, they understand this too from intercessory prayer. How do we align ourselves right to experience the richness and the glory of Yehovah? So it talks about we can test, we can approve what God's will is. And some people are like, well, I don't want to test the word. Now, when you test the word, it doesn't mean you go rabbiting off the word to everybody. It means you go to that place of prayer and you inquire of Yahovah, you press in, and, and you see that confirmation of the word to test and approve it. Now, you know, look, I like to be a little radical out there, as some of you know, yeah? You know, I don't like to do things in half measures, right? And, and you know, this is one thing I teach, while the Holy Spirit— while the Holy Spirit is dwelling within our lives, do we have authority to lay a fleece? You lay a fleece like Gideon laid a fleece in two days, and will will the Jew uh, soak into uh, the the blanket to the the fleece, or uh, you know the next day let the fleece be dry, let the ground be wet? And I'm, he's trying to identify: is this the will of Yahovah? Listen, if we truly have the Spirit dwelling within us, and my sheep know my voice, why, as believers today, would we have to lay a fleece? So we have the disciples uh, after the resurrection of Yeshua, and he ascends. 
they cast lots to determine who is the other 12 apostle. And they bring in Matthias, who we'd never hear about from that day forward. And they're trying to cast lots to find out what the will of Yehovah is. And then here we see how Yeshua comes to Saul, stroke Paul, and he is appointed as the apostle. And did the, the disciples or the apostles, did they get it wrong with their method on how they tried to appoint another? You don't see in the scripture how they had a word, how Yeshua spoke to them by the Spirit. They did it through the basis of casting of lots. And, you know, why don't we do that today? You know, I, I, I've not been in any meeting, right, in our faith walk as born-again believers in Messiah, where we're saying, hey, listen, let's just all cast lots right now till we find out what the will of Yehovah is. Why don't we do that? So sometimes we can think that this is a spiritual element from the place of prayer, but we've got to ask ourselves a, a question. Are we being transformed with the renewing of our mind? Are we moving into a new dimension? So as we move on from verse 2 in this portion of Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober ju judgment in accordance with the faith Elohim has distributed to each of you. So what's he saying? As we are transformed with the renewing of our minds, it doesn't make us prideful. We don't move into a place of pride, but we operate in the faith element. We operate uh, in how we are receiving, uh, you know, I love that sober judgment in accordance with the faith Elohim has distributed to each of us. Sober judgment. You know, I don't know about you, but this is my experience, and I just want to share it. The more I know uh, through revelation by the Spirit, the more I grow in the Spirit, man, the more humble I become, the more at awe I am in sober judgment uh, how much I, I know I don't know. When, when revelation comes, it's not just like, oh, wow, there's another revelation just to add to my book of revelation. No, that revelation comes when that understanding comes. I've got to let go of something that I once thought was truth. So to receive that new revelation of the Spirit in accordance with the Word that's tested and approved by the Word and by the Spirit, I've got to let go of something. And that's going to humble you. And this is the problem with the move of the Spirit. People don't know how to move on because they're scared to let go. But as we receive the revelation of the Spirit and we go back, we start to understand why the things that we thought we believe were truth were not truth by the Word. So it brings us to that place of sober judgment. Uh, how are we thinking of ourselves in the midst of, of the spirit and look look at paul's life man he was radical he had that encounter right with yeshua it was so radical right what happened to him he started causing all this trouble amongst all the believers they're like listen paul you're driving us all crazy right you're just so out there you're causing us trouble and what does he do he goes on down to, to mount sinai and, you know, what, what happens in that place? He has an encounter directly with Yeshua, where Yeshua is teaching him, bringing alignment, bringing sober judgment, bringing order, bringing him to that place of faith. And what's he, what's he talking about here uh, in Romans 12? He's talking about the grace given. Listen, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this understanding. You don't deserve the authority that that Yehovah wants to release within your life. We don't deserve it. But Father, we thank you. Here I am. Send me. Use me. Let me be for your purpose, for your will, so that we can uh, bring forth the gospel of the kingdom to this generation. So we we want to think of ourselves, uh, uh, you know, in, in the way of the Spirit. We don't want to have a prideful position. We don't want to... Listen, if, if you're called in leadership and you have authority in leadership, don't have false humility in that place because there's times you need to speak out. 
there's times you need to deliver that word, and that word might not be how beautiful are your feet, brothers and sisters. It might be a strong word of correction, of alignment. That is what the whole prophetic is all about. Just go to Jeremiah chapter 1, and there's Jeremiah. Man, he's having, you know, what we call in modern days, he's having a freak out. I'm having a freak out. What do you mean? Before you were born, before I formed you, I called you as a prophet to the nations. Wow, man, he's like, I am young. Who's going to listen to me, right? So he doesn't know how to receive this, but then we start to see the establishment of the word of God within his life. And that young man, you know, how, you know, we don't know how young he was. He might just be under 30, not old enough to be recognized as a spiritual authority within the community, but he was younger than was expected to be delivering the words in which he was delivering. And he says, listen, you know, when they don't receive the word, I'm going to be right there to back you up. <laughs> well, thanks. That's great. Hallelujah. You're going to give me words to speak to people. They're not going to receive it, but hallelujah, you're going to be right there. Okay, I'm going to be faithful to you. Why? Because what's the call of the prophet? To bring the body back in line with the with the, the scriptures, to bring us back in line with the Torah. Hallelujah. Verse 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Messiah, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So what's starting to happen? The whole purpose of you presenting your body as a living sacrifice, the whole purpose of you being transformed with the renewing of your mind is to help bring us to that place where we recognize it is all about our service in the body. The very revelation and the things that you will receive, that I receive, that you have received, that I have received, they involve others. But if you don't have a gentle spirit, if you're a dictator, a manipulator, right, you're not going to have people working with you or walking with you. We've got to operate in the spirit of Yehovah, recognizing that we need to care for the body. We need to care for each other. We need to minister into the hearts of each other. So it's not just good enough for you to grow up in the spirit, it's not just good enough for you to have all the right answers for your life. Because as we are growing in the Spirit, we must know how to minister into the hearts of others, that we take others on the journey with us, not so that we create clones, uh, so that everyone looks like we look like, but so that we help them identify the richness of who they are. Hallelujah. So in Messiah... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We recognize the commitment and responsibility we have to each other. It's not that I just need you. I need you, but also you need me. We need each other. So it's not one-sided. It's, it's, it's that flow. How do we work together? If one part of the body's hurting, how do we minister into the hearts of others? How are we there for each other? And listen, if we're isolated islands, how can we be effective for the kingdom? So obviously, don't give up meeting together. We've got to meet together. And that, that's why I appreciate everyone that's on the call. Some of you are in areas where you don't have fellowship with others. Others do. Um, but we want to be there, to be that encouragement for each other. And on that note, you know, invite other people to join the call. Who did you invite today to join us on the call? Bring other people in so that they can be encouraged as well in our time in the Word and also our time in prayer. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So we're not cloning. It's not about this is my gift, so everyone needs to walk in this. No, we're different. I love the uniqueness of what the Spirit of Yehovah does in each and every one of us. And, you know, we don't want to be all cloned to be Hebrew, to be walking like, you know, Jews in the Hebraic expression of the faith. Listen, if you're from Liverpool, Russell, <laughs> if you're from Liverpool, it's okay. Now, I know you're not from Liverpool. You're from London. But you know what? It, walk with how you're walking. It's okay. If you're from Bracknell, walk in that way. If you're 
uh, from Europe, if you're from uh, the Netherlands or Belgium, uh, like uh, Greta, uh, Gerda, or, you know, Canada, like Connie. Hey, Connie, good to see you. Just saw you there for the first time now. <laughs> Praise Jehovah. What a blessing. I want, I want to see the fullness. If you're from Scotland, oh, I'm sorry, everyone. Yep, there's one in there. There's that Scottish guy in there. Uh, you know, I want to be Scottish in my faith walk. I want to have, you know, I'm not going to do the Highland fling, okay? I'm not going to wear a kilt, you know, on Shabbat. But you know what? There's, there's, so, there's so many things that the Father's done within our lives. Let that, um, let that flow. Don't change who we are. Be changed in the spirit, but, you know, don't dress up to look like somebody else. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Why, why do people have such a problem with prophecy? Oh, brother, oh, yeah, that's just a little bit out there. Come on, it's in the Word. We want to have the fullness of the Spirit. If prophetic words come forth on this call, hallelujah. If you've got a prophetic word, don't hold it back. We want to hear what the Spirit has to say. Prophesy in accordance with your faith. You know, sometimes when I'm prophesying, Man, I'm I'm embarrassed with the word that's coming forth. I'm like, I don't believe this. I don't like this word. I'm getting whiter and whiter <laughs> sharing the prophetic word, but I'm prophesying in accordance with my faith, not in accordance with my understanding. And I see how the spirit of Yahovah sets people free and brings transformation with the prophetic work. If it's in serving, then serve. If it's in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, um, you know, lead. If it's, uh, where did I go here? Yeah, uh, do it diligently. If it's leading, lead diligently. Don't just lead. Uh, oh, well, I've just got that gift, but what does it mean in diligence? You're leading with the consideration of others. I'm leading in this direction by the Spirit, but I want people to come and experience the blessing. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Isn't that amazing that that portion of Scripture on the service of the body of Messiah is right there linked to presenting their bodies as a living sacrifice? Isn't it awesome? You know, sometimes, you know, listen, you could put me on a desert island for 10 years. I'll be okay. Don't even worry. You don't have to call me. You don't have to send me a Facebook message. I'll be okay in the presence of Yahovah. <laughs> even though I'm, I'm established and satisfied with who I am in Messiah, in reality, I don't want to be on a desert island on my own, just in the presence of God. I want to be surrounded with others. I want to be a part of the body. I want to be an effective part of the body. So I'm happy with who I am <laughs> In, in Messiah, but in the maturity of being happy with who I am in Messiah, I want to serve the lives of others. So if you are isolated in your own little cocoon, we've got to ask ourselves the question, how do we reach out from that place to be a blessing to others? So if it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. So you don't want that false love. We want to genuinely care for people. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving Yehovah. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, Faithful in prayer. Now, let's think about that for a second. Be joyful in hope. Well, why are you being joyful in hope? Because you haven't received the promise. So I am in, I'm joyful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit spoke it. And if he has spoke it, I'm going to stand in that place of joy. I remember one time Haley and I were in uh, uh, prayer and fasting for a need that we had. And we prayed and fasted all day. Then at five o'clock in the afternoon, we heard the spirit of Yehovah say, you've got it. The breakthrough's here. It arrived. Oh, let me tell you, 
joyful in hope. We ran all over the house. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. We ran into every room in the entire house, upstairs, downstairs. We're running all over the house. Goodness me, the neighbors would have thought we had lost it or something, right? But we hadn't lost it. Why? We were being joyful. We were in that place that we had the joy of hope. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Right. Let me find that scripture. Where has it gone? Uh, Never lack in zeal, but keep the spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. This is something, maybe you're going through some difficult areas. There's some stuff that we're going through right now, even as we intercede with what's going on with the war in Israel. I'm like, Father, in this affliction, I'm pressing in to you. I'm pressing into you in this affliction, in this difficult time. But, you know, what is it telling me to do? Patience. Patience. Consider it pure, pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because, you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of us have faced affliction when we're like, come on, I just want to get on with this, right? But when we have patience in the midst of affliction, then this is something the world doesn't understand. You know, I, I play darts with people here. I'm, I've been playing darts uh, with some friends and, and just using it as a bit of outreach as I've been traveling in the States. And you see how frustrated people get if they don't get the points or that double out or the things that they want. They're like, ah, you know, just going mad, right? So patience <laughs> in the midst of affliction, you can relate it to how we see sports or, or other elements within our lives. You know, can we just have that calm spirit? I didn't get what I wanted to achieve there, but you know what? The victory's coming. The victory's coming. And I'm pressing, knowing that the victory is coming. And, uh, you know, we see that in Joshua and Caleb in their life. The 10 spies come back. Oh, we see giants in the land. And there's Joshua and Caleb. Man, they are patient in the place of affliction. Why? They have to wait 40 years to enter in. Huh. Man, if they didn't have a little bit of patience, huh, how were they going to break through? So what are we going through within our lives? Are we ready to see the promises of Yehovah? But picture this. Are you ready to see the promises of Yehovah together as a body? Not just what we're achieving individually. We can establish things within our heart, within our faith walk, within our spirituality individually, but we've got to learn how to apply that to body ministry, right? So we don't just want people going, oh, man, it's amazing what the Father's doing in that person's life and that person's walk. How do we bring people up in the ways of the, the Messiah, in the ways of the Spirit? Be patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know, one of the least attended meetings that you can have are prayer meetings. And why do people not want to go to a prayer meeting? Because here's the reality. They genuinely, they genuinely believe that prayer doesn't work. Oh, I'm not going to the prayer meeting. I want to go hear the word because I get the tingly tinglies. I get the feelings. I get this or whatever, right? You know, I might get a little nugget or something, but prayer, man, that sounds like too much hard work. You know, I love play, praying with the Africans. <laughs> oh, you go to Africa. They're like, hey, brother, glad you're here. Yeah, we're just going to have a prayer meeting. You know, well, how long is the prayer meeting for? Well, we'll just keep going until the Holy Spirit says stop. And many times you end up going for breakfast together, right? Because you just prayed all night. <laughs> In some places, they can't even pray for an hour. It's like, oh, man, it's too much, too difficult. It's exhausting. It's tiring. <laughs> You know, but we've got to build up our stamina in the place of prayer. We've got to build up our stamina. Faithful in prayer. I am not going to come out of that place of prayer until we see the establishment or hear the word saying it's finished, it's done. You've received what you're praying for. Your intercession has accomplished what you came together to accomplish. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, man, I'm excited. I'm, oh, man. 
I'm just sensing maybe we're going to have an all-night prayer meeting right now, <laughs> especially for you that are all on the other side of the world, and we're just in the beginning of the day. <laughs> Thank you, Father. What does it say? Share with Yehovah's people who are in need and practice hospitality. See, there's something that flows out of us getting things in order, that we actually care about the needs of others. We want to be actively involved in ministering to the needs of others. And I encourage you, you know, how is our sharing going? How How is our, our, our share element within our spiritual life? Are we practicing hospitality? Are we opening up our homes to minister to the needs of, needs of others? In verse 14, bless those who persecute you. It's like moving to another realm, isn't it? One minute we're talking about how we're applying it to the body, and to those that are walking with us. And then, you know, what are we talking about? What does the action of love look like? How is the love of Yehovah in our lives manifesting in the hearts of others? It's not just to those who like you. <laughs> it's also to those who are persecuting you. L listen, you know, maybe some of you have stopped praying for your governments because they're just so evil. <laughs> but, you know, and we experience the persecution in your taxis. You experience the persecution on the liberal leftists of the of the country and all of the things that's going on in the political realm. Maybe it's just all of the uh, non-immigrants that are coming in, flooding our countries like crazy, and we don't even recognize our own communities anymore. Man, when's it? When are we going to lose English on the streets of our own communities for the English-speaking countries? You know, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, everything that we're talking about here is about how we connect with others. We're not called to be a Holy Spirit-filled island, but we're called to be walking with others. You know what I love about traveling and ministering in the nations and, and just getting on airplanes, but you don't even know where you're going. I love to connect with the body of Messiah. I love to be in that place where I can rejoice um, with those who rejoice, where I can mourn with those who mourn. And many times we're on our knees together, praying through things together, experiencing breakthroughs with those who are broken, healing coming forth. You know, just seeing people on the verge. One girl on Friday night, she was in the place of, desperation, almost like giving up on her faith. And I just walked over to her while she was in the middle of a conversation at that moment. And she was supernaturally delivered and transformed as we prayed with her as a group. It was powerful what the Spirit did. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. You know, Sometimes I think about, you know, the comments Haley would make. I'm not sure if she's on the Facebook feed right now. She might make a comment on this. But she'd be like, what is my Scottish husband, Scottish-Israeli husband doing, sitting in a park, banging on a djembe, unshaven? <laughs> you know, but you know what? It's not, it's not about what do we think we are or what level do we think we've achieved spiritually. We've got to go out to the brokenhearted. We've got to go out to those on the streets and minister to the homeless and minister to the widows and the broken. It's okay. Be out there. Be, be in that place. Don't think that, uh, you know, I've met many minister, ministry leaders. They've got bodyguards all around them, so you can't get anywhere near them. You know, it's like, oh, you know, we can't have you come in. We don't want that pollution to get around this leader of faith. But, you know, we need to be the hands uh, and be the feet of Messiah to the broken. Never lose touch with ministering to the brokenhearted. And there's something so beautiful uh, about seeing the transformation of the Holy Spirit in action. You know, through our pastor of the park, there's over 40 people firsthand that we have ministered to that were on the verge of suicide on the day we met them. Thank you, Father, that you saved their life by the Spirit, not by us standing, preaching at them, but you ministered to them and brought them through. 
And these are the things that bless me when I think about those things. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for Elohim's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says Yahovah. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. We see that in Matthew chapter 5, yeah? If, you're, if, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And every time I think about that portion of Scripture, don't overcome, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I, I just picture the light. I picture how Yeshua is the light of the world. When light comes in, darkness has to flee. So let's let's be filled with the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit dwell within us richly. Let's not operate in this natural realm with a spirit of offense. If we truly have presented their bodies as a living sacrifice, listen, if you kick a dead man, he's not going to go, ow, he's not going to get hurt. You can spit on a dead man. There's going to be no change to what's going on. <clears throat> so on that altar as a living sacrifice, there's one difference between us and a dead man <laughs> in that sacrifice, and that's the fact that the when they kick you, the love of Yeshua comes out. When they spit on you, the right words come out concerning the glory of God. So that's what we stand on today. So when you think about that scripture, the first two verses of Romans chapter 12, you know, don't just think of it in the context of the two verses on their own, but think of it in the context of how we serve the body how we minister to the body of Messiah, and how our love is operating uh, because of what Messiah has done in us, because we have renewed our mind, because we're transformed. We can test and approve what his will is. And you know what? We can start to see the body operate in maturity. And this is about discipleship, isn't it? It's about being discipled in the presence of Yahovah, that spirit of truth, that personhood of the Godhead. What's the spirit of truth going to do? He's going to remind us of everything that Yeshua said. He's going to show, show us what is to come, and we rejoice. So, Father, we thank you for this portion of Scripture. We thank you that you truly have called us as a living sacrifice. You died for us, Yeshua. You paid the price for us. So we come before you right now, and we want to live for you. We want our lives to count for you. Father, help us in the areas that we're challenged with in the flesh. Help us to be overcomers, Father, as we see in Romans chapter 8. We want to experience the richness of what you have for us. As it says in Galatians 5, I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So today we come before you, Father. And we make a decision that we're going to walk by the Spirit. And may our words come in line with your word today. We ask all this in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah.